DeAndre Hopkins out and David Johnson in, it's an entirely new world for Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. everyone and welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15, our second episode of this entire Fantasy Football podcast and the second episode of our State of the Team series. I am Michael Beller, joined today by Derek Van Riper. Derek, it's your first Fantasy Football in 15 episode. You're going to be doing plenty of these, but uh, welcome to what's your maiden voyage here? Yeah, happy to be here with you. Looking forward to this show. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with these team previews too. Yeah, definitely. A great way to start the season and get ready. We've got one team down. That was the Arizona Cardinals, 30 in front of us. And today we are talking Houston Texans. And to do that, we welcome on our Texans beat writer, Aaron Reese. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? We are great, man. We are excited to talk some Texans with you. You know, it, uh, it's funny how it came together when we were starting to put this uh, schedule together and just reaching out to all the beat writers and you and Scott Bordeaux, our Cardinals beat writer, happened to be the first two people to get back to us because uh, your two teams joined up for uh, quite possibly the biggest news of the offseason, the David Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins trade. Uh, it was a, a huge deal on both sides, uh, and uh, seemingly the team that you cover got the lesser end of that deal in receiving David Johnson. How should we expect Bill O'Brien to use David Johnson in year one in Houston? Yeah, you know, I um, who knows if it will work out and if he'll uh, return to form, but I think that David Johnson will have every chance um, to show that he is that player that that he was in 2016 when he was an All-Pro. I think, obviously, Bill O'Brien has an incentive uh, for him to look like that sort of player. So I, I would expect um, that he will be kind of a 200-plus a carries guy and, and that he will get a lot of targets. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if anyone on this team is going to get the sort of DeAndre Hopkins level amount of targets. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins past two years uh, totaled nearly 30% of uh, the Texans total targets but I, so I don't think anyone's going to reach that level but I do think David Johnson uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up leading the team in targets because I think the whole idea um, of kind of the way they've remodeled the offense is that uh, you know more about spreading the wealth and so I don't know if any one receiver is going to dominate uh, kind of and become uh, Deshaun Watson's favorite uh, go-to guy but I think that that could end up being David Johnson will be featured prominently in the passing game will be on the field a lot uh, running the ball and uh, and I and so I expect that he's going to get a, a ton of touches. Aaron, is it reasonable to think that Duke Johnson will be penciled into a very similar role to last year now that David Johnson's there to carry the load? 62 targets a year ago, just 83 carries. Is he just a complimentary guy that's going to be on the field in some clear passing situations, and that's mostly it? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, I one thing that is kind of interesting uh, with, with these this team is that the Texans, you know, they barely utilized uh, two-back sets a year ago. But part of that was because, um, you know, the, the team was so obviously – uh, Carlos Hyde really offered nothing in the passing game and Duke Johnson offered a ton. And so uh, it, it was pretty clear kind of the, the delineation of the roles there. I do wonder now that you have two guys who seemingly um, both can do both things, uh, whether you utilize them both on the field at once more often and kind of try to create some more um, favorable matchups uh, in terms of like scheming so that the, the defense has to kind of put more linebackers on the field or something and take advantage of those guys in the passing game. But, uh, you know, based on kind of what we know from last year, I, I don't think – Bill O'Brien feels like just because he gave up a third round pick for Duke Johnson that he has to uh, make feature him super prominently. And, you know, these guys do have somewhat redundant skill sets. Uh, and, if, and if, you know, David Johnson returns to form or if, you know, Bill O'Brien just feels like he needs to prove that the, the DeAndre Hopkins trade was the right move. Uh, I think he's like I said, he's going to have every incentive to prioritize giving David Johnson a lot of carries and, and a lot of touches in general. 
you're anticipating a question that we wanted to ask you. Obviously, we're going to get into what is a very new uh, or very different group of wide receivers in Houston. But you mentioned the ability to potentially use two-back sets with David Johnson and with Duke Johnson. You've got also Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb. Uh, How much shuffling of personnel and personnel groupings uh, are we going to see from this Houston team this year? Uh, I think a fair amount. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I think the whole the whole idea is kind of just about um, uh, spreading the wealth and, and moving the moving the targets around and stuff. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do kind of too with their their tight ends because uh, a kind of an X factor on this team I think is uh, Kahale Waring. He was a third round pick last year. Spent the whole year on on IR uh, first with a uh, with a concussion. I think also he was just kind of somewhat of a developmental prospect. They thought they kind of treated as somewhat of a a red shirt year. But you know with with kind of the way that this team is set up now with so many vertical threats, I think those tight ends are going to be super important. Just like the running backs in terms of just uh, creating sort of a short and intermediate passing game. And and he's a guy that uh, I think you know potentially how deep people's fantasy leagues are could be um you know not or out there available for people and and could end up being a significant part of this offense the other big trade texans made during the offseason was the acquisition of brandon cooks and uh, last season snapped a four-year streak where he had gone over a thousand yards and caught at least 65 passes in each of those previous four seasons uh, had a concussion and really wasn't the same player once he came back down the stretch in los angeles but is cooks the clear-cut number one receiver on this team you know I, I don't know a lot a lot of people have uh have asked me that uh i and i kind of go back and forth i because i think will fuller probably is um uh is a really good player too obviously uh but you know i, I based on uh the, you, you mentioned the concussions but cooks at least hasn't missed that many games uh, maybe maybe you know the concussions will continue to be a problem but uh so far he only he's played as many games as i think the past four years deandre hopkins only missed two so uh, and obviously, Will Fuller has been injured more often, so I do think in the end, probably Cooks will be the guy who's featured a little bit more prominently. And and you know, I think that a lot of those problems that he had a season ago, obviously, were um, built off all the issues the Rams' offense had. And and you know, I don't know if he's obviously not DeAndre Hopkins, but I do think he has a really good chance to kind of flourish again in Houston. Uh, Pro Football Focus has a thing called adjusted completion percentage that you know accounts for drops and throwaways or whatever else. And uh, in terms of that, Deshaun Watson uh, led the league in, in deep passing. Uh, so I, I think he's he's Cooks is now paired with a quarterback who can really take advantage of his skill set. Yeah, and they've definitely uh, put a nice group of receivers around Deshaun Watson to take advantage of that big ball or that deep ball. Excuse me, uh, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller. Kenny Stills, all guys who are going to be deep threats. Uh, you've got uh, maybe some duplicative skill sets there, some overlapping skills. And you mentioned the fact that you're not going to see or we're unlikely to see someone have a DeAndre Hopkins level of target share for this team. But how are we? Uh, how should we be expecting to see the target breakdown for this group? Yeah, I, I think, like I said, um, I would. I would probably, if I was betting on any one guy I guess I would bet on David Johnson probably to lead uh the team in targets just because uh, you know he's gonna be on the field so often and they're gonna look to get him involved and then uh you know I, I think that Stills probably is um of that that trio of receivers kind of the odd man out um you know there's been some rumors and, and some chance maybe it makes some sense that they maybe would try to trade him if they could to a wide receiver needed team uh during training camp uh, or per- before the season begins just because you know you have cooks you have fuller uh you paid a lot of money for randall cobb too so it's not you know last year hopkins played a good amount in the slots and that allowed 
Stills, Fuller, and Hopkins to all be on the field together, and that's probably not going to be the case this year with uh, Cooks, uh, Fuller, and Stills. So I, I think that Stills probably is the odd man out there. And, and then in terms of Fuller and Cooks, I mean, who knows? I, I think it will kind of depend on both those guys in terms of how what their, where their health is at, how many games they're available in terms of who leads – uh, or who's ultimately has more targets of that too, but I would I would go with Johnson as the as the top target share guy, and then and, and maybe Randall Cobb second. You know, Deshaun Watson's one of those players who I, I think league wide is still a bit underrated. We were looking at the Pro Football Reference Play Index this morning, and there are only four quarterbacks who have thrown for seventy or more passing touchdowns while getting intercepted thirty or fewer times in their first three seasons. It's Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, and Deshaun Watson. And he's never played a game without DeAndre Hopkins. It's pretty strange to, to think about life with Watson on the field without Hopkins. But how do you think he adjusts? I mean, with this group of personnel, even if the targets are going to be spread out and there's not one guy who steps up to replace Hopkins, do you think Watson has enough weapons to continue producing uh, at the levels that we've grown accustomed to? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Um, I think that... I think he ultimately will have, uh, you know, a, a ton of explosive plays. Uh, I, I think that the, the biggest thing is for me, kind of when you look at an offense like this, uh, just with the fact he wasn't, won't have one super dependable target uh, and he won't have, um, you know, a guy kind of in, in the short intermediate range like Hopkins and, and the targets will be more spread out and they probably will uh, emphasize trying to push the ball downfield more often. Uh, I think you have some games where his numbers are really, really impressive. Uh, and then you probably have some games where uh, it's it, you know it's less impressive. I think I think there's maybe some more boom bust potential uh, with this offense, which is funny to think about because it was uh, kind of boom busty uh, a year ago too, uh, even without these changes. But I think that that's probably the biggest thing is you might have some really really crazy uh, performances for Deshaun Watson, but you might have some times where it's just like you know the the opposing defense did a really good job of limiting those deep balls, or uh, you know they just weren't connecting that day, and, and his his numbers really suffered. But you know in kind of the uh, in a macro sense over 16 games, I don't, I don't imagine that his numbers will really look uh, that much different. Uh, I think one thing that will be kind of interesting is, is how he performs early on in the season. And, and, you know, I guess that can be said for every team, right. Given the the circumstances of, of what's happened. But, you know, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins uh, accounted for 31% of uh, the targets for the Texans the past two seasons. And so I think just not having a guy like that, uh, having someone you can turn to when he's not really even open, but still trust that he will catch the ball, uh, is something that, you know, he will find maybe that person over the course of the season. But I think early on, it will be difficult to expect that he will have that much chemistry with anyone on the team. Uh, and he'll have that. He'll have someone who he can kind of turn to in those situations. So I think his early numbers might struggle as a result of that. Uh, but ultimately, I think he probably will, um, you know, still end up with a sort of performance and stat line we come to expect because he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he can kind of, I think, transcend situation to some degree. Yeah, fantasy community still liking Deshaun Watson as well. Even with the loss of DeAndre Hopkins, early rankings and early average draft position still has him as the number six QB. So uh, still getting plenty of love from the fantasy players out there. We know there's another side to his game as well, and that is on the ground. Two years ago, 551 yards and five touchdowns. Last year, 413 yards, seven touchdowns. Most importantly, been able to stay healthy uh, both of those years. Only game he missed in either of those two seasons was last year, week 17, uh, when the Texans' playoff spot was locked up. So nothing to play for there uh, for Deshaun Watson. What do we think we're going to see from him this year? 
as a runner? Is it going to be business as usual? Is there any reason to think that maybe they dial it back a little bit? Just going into the year, we know how much value he can create with his legs. Is it going to be a similar sort of season for him as a runner this season? Yeah, I, I would expect something similar. Uh, the, the only thing I would maybe would say is that, you know, if, if you anticipate the Texans taking more deep shots, obviously that's going to require him to, uh, you know, stand in the pocket more often and, and obviously get exposed to more hits. So maybe you kind of can make up for some of that by uh, fewer designed runs. But honestly, I mean, it, there weren't a ton of designed runs by him uh, last season even. I think you would see the occasional weeks where they would include that in the game plan and it would it would work like it would be awesome. But then, you know, they go away from the next week. And I don't know if that was – uh, a matter of Bill O'Brien is trying to protect Deshaun Watson or just trying to uh, get ahead of the opponent adjusting to what they were doing. But, you know, th- the design runs really weren't a huge part of the offensive season ago. A lot of those yards and those touchdowns that you're talking about were, uh, you know, him kind of freelancing and taking advantage of uh, his instincts and stuff like that. And so I don't think those are things that are going to go away necessarily. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, obviously there's a chance those numbers go down a, a little bit. Um, just if, if, you know, they try to tell him to protect himself more or make up for the hits that he's going to take on the other end of just uh, standing back there and waiting for Cooks and Stillwells and Fuller to get deep. You know, related to that, offensive line play has been a problem in Houston for pretty much all of Deshaun Watson's time there. Is that an area where you see the Texans improving in 2020? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think the line has a chance to be uh, pretty solid this year. Uh, probably at least like a, a league average line, which I think is uh, you know what you uh, is good enough when you have a quarterback as good as him. Uh, you know, because this, assuming they do keep all the five guys that are on the line right now, uh, the only potential change would be uh, adding Larry Warford at, at right guard, who's free agent right now. But assuming they do uh, keep everyone, this will be the first time that they return their entire line from one season to the next uh, during Bill O'Brien's time in Houston, which is pr- it's pretty crazy to think about. But they feel good about the group they have. You know, they have, obviously, Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. They made the big trade for it and signed to a mega deal earlier this offseason. Uh, at right tackle, they have Titus Howard, who was first-round pick last season. Or, sorry, excuse me, in a... Uh, um, in 2019 and and he uh, was an all-rookie selection and you know center Nick Martin's been locked up for a while Uh, left guard Max Sharping was another uh, second round pick in 2019 who started most of the last season and they they hope he seems to have that job again this season and and right guard like I said Zach Fulton he's in his third year in Houston and he might stay or if he's if not he's going to get replaced by Larry Warford who's a three-time pro bowler so if if that's the change then it's obviously an upgrade and if that's not that change doesn't happen then you have continuity that they've never had before so I think they feel pretty good about that group uh, you know, I think I, ultimately, I think it's not, it, the line does make a difference, and it, it has been really bad at times. But to some degree, you know, Watson's going to take sacks; he's going to take hits regardless, just because of the, the way he plays, and and you kind of have to live with that um, to also get those really spectacular plays. It's a new look for the Houston Texans without DeAndre Hopkins and really a new look in the AFC South. You've got a team that went to the uh, the AFC title game in the Tennessee Titans. You've got Phillip Rivers now leading the Indianapolis Colts. going to be an interesting division and certainly an interesting team. Aaron, thanks for taking the time and breaking down uh, the Texans heading into the summer with us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's Aaron Reese. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron J. Reese. And that will do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you're not yet an athletic subscriber, you can get a free 90-day trial or 50% off an annual subscription at theathletic.com slash free 90 days. For Derek Van Riper and Aaron Reese, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15. We'll be back with you tomorrow.